is Tuesday, February 20th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. William Byron wins the Daytona 500. And the Nets with a shakeup at head coach. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Nets fire their head coach Jacques Vaughn, promote Kevin Ollie to the interim job. William Byron wins the Daytona 500, his first career win, snapping Hendrick Motorsports' nine-year Daytona drought. Is he an Earnhardt? I don't, I don't know. And, uh, and the Houston Cougars get revenge against Iowa State. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Well, Dale Jr. was the last Hendricks Motorsport driver to win the Daytona 500. <laughs> I mean, so obviously been, I knew that, or I wouldn't yes. have brought up the reference, it's, obviously. It's, it's been, you know, nine years since that happened. I remember uh, it like it was yesterday. <laughs> well, it ain't going to be the Vegas lead, but let's just get it out of the way. Uh, William Byron winning the Daytona 500 plus 2,000 was the payout on William Byron. Sportsbooks, nice. did, sportsbooks did not get hit hard, though, with William Byron money. BetMGM reported just 3% of bets on William Byron to win outright. He uh, had the last lap under caution. There was a crash behind him as he crossed with the white flag. So he was the winner. I did not have William Byron to win outright at plus 2000. I actually had a small wager on the Daytona 500. I know a guy who is um, very in tune with NASCAR. And he said um, he likes Michael McDowell. And he okay. said, he's, he's just got to avoid the big one. So I went, uh, it was even money for Michael McDowell to make the top 10. So that's what I went with. And I looked and he was like 24 laps off the pace. And I was like, what the hell happened? Did he get, into, was it the big one? And he was like, no, <laughs> uh, he broke a motor. I said, he, he, he said, yeah, I think a plug wire came loose. I said, what a dope. We probably didn't do regular maintenance. Got to get your oil changed regularly. And so I think, I, I think Michael McDowell just forgot to do the, the regular scheduled maintenance. And that uh, cost me, cost me a C note today. So I play, I placed a small wager as well. Now I know nothing about the Daytona 500, but I was Googling a bunch of stuff <laughs> last night and i saw that um the toyotas did really well in the duel and mm-hmm. so i i placed a bet on the, the winning you know the winning manufacturer to be toyota and it was not toyota it was, it Chevrolet. was two chevys finished first and second with william byron and alex bowman christopher bell america's biggest race it was obvious yeah. that it was going to be a uh, chevy well, Christopher Bell's number 20 Toyota finished in third. All right, that'll wrap up our NASCAR conversation. As, for, for the year? Yes, as we move on to the Vegas lead, which is actually going to sh- be su- a surprise to some. We're going to talk college hoops first, AJ. We had a top 10 matchup last night, and we have multiple top 25 matchups tonight. Yeah, top 10 matchup last night between Houston and Iowa State. This was one of those, uh, as Fezzik would say, every professional should have won with this game. Mm-hmm. And because it opened at Iowa State plus nine and a half, 
It closed at Houston minus seven and a half. I was surprised, honestly. I thought that there would be uh, money coming in on Houston. Typically, that's what's happened in their home games. Was not the case this time. And um, Houston, my, my wager on Houston was in the first half. Uh, it, in, my number ended up pushing because, again, I, I bought it early, assuming the number would, would go down uh, or would go would go up for Houston, and it went down so instead. So, at, really, so you did it at five. I did it at five yeah. and uh, four and a half was the the widely available by the time tip off happened. And honestly, I, I couldn't believe that five was even a push because Iowa State scored six points in the first 13 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, boy, this is e- easy money, friend. But they had a nice little run at the end of the half and uh, made it a five point game. They they played well in the second half, but uh, but not well enough. This Houston team is just uh, is tough to deal with. The officiating was a factor, and that's my handicap when we did this on the uh, the college basketball uh, podcast. Was that in the first game, Iowa State got ten more free throw attempts, uh, ten more free throw makes when they played this game at Hilton, and I didn't think they would get such a friendly whistle uh, down at the Fertitta Center, and they did not. Uh, 10 of 15 from the line was Iowa State, 24 of 32 for the Cougars. And if you listen to the broadcast, it was very um, – the, the, the broadcast team was very frustrated that Iowa State was not getting the calls that Houston was. And I was like, well, welcome to college basketball in 2024. Home teams get calls. Road teams do not. <laughs> and Houston got the calls last night. And they, they play – both these teams play very physical basketball – uh, had you told me that that Iowa State was going to out rebound Houston by almost double digits, I would have said that they are certainly going to be uh, be right there in this game. Uh, but unfortunately for Iowa State, sixteen turnovers to Houston's nine, and uh, th- that that makes up for any rebounding difference. And um, really, it, it came down to uh, like I said, those free throws and and Houston just getting a bunch more opportunities. Jamal Shed with a, a another big game, twenty six points. Manuel Sharp put up 20, uh, and those two combined to go 20 of 22 from the free throw line. So uh, just it's, it's hard to overcome that. Again, I'm not saying it was an unfair whistle. I'm saying it was a typical uh, home court whistle. So, again, depending on what number you had, uh, you, you, hopefully you covered. If you, if you bought early, uh, if you bought early on the full game, which I was scared to, to buy on the full game just because I thought this would be a rock fight game, uh, so I, I passed on the full game, but if you bought early, you lost. If you bought late on Houston, you won and vice versa for Iowa state, obviously. But it brings me to the question of, you know, like when, when we look at these top 10 matchups, how far can they go? And this Houston team, it, everyone's talking about UConn as sort of the, the runaway number one team now, especially, and it's easy to say that with Purdue losing over the weekend, but again, losing a road game over the weekend. I still tend to think that this Houston team is not being talked about quite enough. Uh, When you watch them play defense, it is just swarming. And they're not, they don't typically profile like a team that I love in the tournament because they don't have great shooting. And you you like to, you like to have someone who can just light it up from outside uh, in the tournament. They don't really have that, but this team is so solid defensively. Uh, to me, if you're looking for a team that's not UConn, who you trust, 
I think that's the that's the team that I would be looking for. What are the what are the current odds now on? Let's look at both these teams, the Cougars and uh, and Iowa State, and see what what are the odds for them to reach the Final Four, Scott? So just to reach the Final Four, Houston is the third favorite at plus two hundred to reach the Final Four. Iowa State is plus four twenty five. They are the eighth favorite to reach the final four. So Houston plus 200, Iowa State plus 425. Odds to win the national championship, that's quite different. Houston is the third favorite in that as well at plus 900. Iowa State much further down at plus 2,000. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see Iowa State like Iowa State to me is kind of the poor man's version of Houston. Uh, it, they are a a little bit less talented version of this Houston team. I, I, I've got no interest in them, especially winning the whole thing. But Houston's a team that I, I would be interested in. It, it's uh, obviously it's going to be very path dependent, but defense defense seems to travel. And um, you know, UConn is. I, I know that they look far better than everybody right now. But I, I think it's also important to remember that this Houston team is playing in the toughest conference in the country, and it's mm-hmm. it's the toughest conference by a mile. And in, in the Big East, the Big East is not what we thought it was going to be coming into the season. You know, it was expected to be a three horse race between uh, Creighton, Marquette, and UConn. And right now, it looks like I mean, UConn's clearly the class. But is that more because they, they're that great, or is everyone else just kind of falling back down to earth? Uh, it's it's hard to say, but I I do think that this Big Twelve schedule is going to battle test Houston, and they they still got more to come. Uh, their their next game is going to be at Baylor over the weekend. They they've got uh and they'll close out the season with a home game against Kansas, and so they they've still got more big tests to go. But I, I think this team is certainly going to be you know I think they're going to be at least in the finals of the Big Twelve uh, conference championship and. It, to me, that that's that's going to be enough to get them a one seed. So they're a team that I'm interested in going forward. Well, you mentioned Creighton and UConn, and they play a big game tonight where the Huskies are just a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Omaha. Can you see Creighton pulling off the upset at home? You know, I was talking to, to Griffin Warner about this, and any other team in this spot, I would say, yep, back in Creighton here. This is an easy spot. UConn, we're getting them a little overvalued here. Uh, I mean, they, they've won 14 games in a row. They, they, they're they just stomping through the Big East. They, they just blew out Marquette, the, the second best team in the Big East. They just beat them by 28 points. It, you have to feel like this is the spot where you want to fade UConn. Now, going on the road to another top-tier team in their conference in Creighton, Creighton's been very frustrating for me, though. I've I, just being totally frank. I've lost quite a bit of money on Creighton this year because I was a believer in this team coming into the season, and they've been disappointing. And even in a couple of a couple spots at home where I thought they were going to have a really nice uh, advantage, they lost. Uh, it was an overtime loss, but they lost to Villanova at home. That was back before Christmas, uh, and then they they just recently lost to Butler at home, which is I mean, Butler's a good, not great team. So now they've got this team, UConn, coming in. You can get two and a half. You can get three out there. And normally I, I would love to back a, a home dog here, but I, I just don't think I can do it here. I, I, I don't think I'm going to be part of this. This was a blowout win when they when these two teams played at stores, and it it, it could have been more of a blowout. Like my, when I was looking at that game, I was like, okay, well, Creighton shot six of 26 from three, 23%. Bad shooting day for Creighton, right? 
well, UConn shot 26% from three. Mm. So it's not, it wasn't necessarily that it was just, uh, they, they, UConn was just clearly the better team. So it, it it's going to lead me to stay away from this game though. If I, if you put a gun to my head and made me play it, I'd probably be losing more money on Creighton, especially now that threes are starting to pop up. Uh, but I, I'm going to be sitting this one out for sure. Well, we have another top 25 matchup uh, in Provo as number 25 BYU hosts number 11 Baylor and AJ. We call this a system play. The number 25 ranked team in the nation, a three and a half point favorite over the number 11 ranked team in the nation. And this is the better of the two system plays, in my opinion, because we have the two ranked teams playing each other, not just the unranked team. We have the two ranked teams playing each other, and that's when I like to bet the favorite of the lower-ranked teams, and that's what we have here in BYU. Yeah, I like BYU in this situation, not, not just because it's a system play, but just from a, a, a spot standpoint, I think it's great for BYU. Uh, we've got Baylor coming off a win on Saturday at West Virginia. Pretty tough road trip in the Big 12. So that was on Saturday. Now they turn around on Tuesday, go a couple time zones over to, to Utah uh, and play against this BYU team who is coming off a, a, a pretty ugly loss, actually, at Oklahoma State. One of the, one of the, the games in, in Big 12 play where if you're a serious contender in the Big 12, you're probably not supposed to be losing to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State and West Virginia are kind of the trash teams in mm-hmm. this conference. Uh, but BYU coming off a pretty bad loss, which makes me think this is probably a good bounce-back spot for them. They've been very good at home. Uh, they've lost two games at home this season. One was their very first conference home game in, in big 12 play in the big, Tw- the history of their big 12 play, uh, to Cincinnati. And then they lost a home game against Houston, who is, you know, in, in a lot of people's minds, one of the two or three best teams in the country. So, um, I, I think that this home home court advantage is legit. Uh, both these teams can score. Baylor just doesn't defend and they do, they do not defend the three point line. They have a great rim protector in Misi, but that's not going to matter against BYU. BYU is going to chuck. This is one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country and one of the highest volume three-point shooting teams in the country. 41%, over 41% of the points that they score come from behind the three-point line. That's good for second best in the country. Uh, and this Baylor team, like I said, it, it does not really particularly defend well. And this is, it's been a staple of Scott Drew teams is good defense. This one just doesn't really do it. Uh, I think there's a lot of points scored in this game, but I, I do think in the Marriott center, I, I, I trust the home court advantage here. And there's also a question, uh, about Langston loves availability. Uh, he pretty key reserve for Baylor. He hasn't, he's missed the last three games. Not sure if he's going to play in this one. Um, I, I like BYU either way, but if he doesn't play, I like it even more. So uh, give me the uh, the BYU Cougars here in this one uh, to, to keep the system rolling, Scott. And that system with the two ranked teams, uh, with the uh, higher-numbered team as the favorite, 11-3 and three straight up this year, 9-5 and five ATS. We have another system play, AJ, but this is with an unranked team that is a favorite over a ranked team. Utah State, no number next to their name. They're two-and-a-half-point home favorites against number 19 San Diego State when an unranked team is favorite over a ranked team. They are 22 and 18 straight up this year, but 19 and 21 ATS. So not as strong 
as the two ranked teams, which we have in the BYU game against uh, Baylor. Well, Utah State was my best bet on the college basketball podcast. So for Monday through Thursday games, that's the game that I circled and said, this is the game I'm looking to attack. So I like Utah State minus minus two and a half. Now I like I, I played them at two. Uh, apparently they were at a pick at some place. I never saw that. So I didn't get a hold of it. But uh, I'd I like Utah State up to three. Uh, this was a, a kind of like we were talking about the Iowa State Houston game and how the, you know the home court advantage played such a role in the first matchup. It was the same thing in the San Diego State Utah State game. Um, San Diego State has one of the best home court advantages in the country at Viejas, and they had a, they played a great game against Utah State. What they didn't do was stop Great Osabor, who is the big man for for Utah State. He is one of the best bigs in the country. Uh, he's been a real matchup problem. And it, so even in the loss, he had a lot of success. That makes me feel like he, when on their home court, especially, that's going to translate uh, pretty well. So San Diego State is sitting at nine and four in Mountain West play. All four of those losses came on the road at, at Nevada, Colorado State, Boise State and New Mexico. Utah State's right there in that conversation with those teams. So I, I think this is a good spot for Utah State. Uh, they are coming off a, a, an ugly, ugly road loss at Colorado State where they just got blown out. But again, home courts, so important, particularly in this league. I mean, like in, in all leagues, but, but they've certainly been in this league as well. And uh, only one home loss this season for Utah State. Uh, that was against Nevada early in this month. I, I think Utah State gets the job done here. San Diego State is good they're no better than the the rest of this mountain west group the mountain west has about five teams six teams that you can kind of throw into a bag shuffle up and i I think they're all very close san diego state utah state boise new mexico colorado state and nevada there's discussion that maybe all six of them could see the tournament which would be wild for this conference be unprecedented for this conference uh, but I, I don't. Th- I think San Diego State is looked at as a little bit better than the rest of those teams because they made a deep run into the tournament last year. It's not the same team, first of all, and, and secondly, that that was a, a run that wasn't expected, if you recall. So sometimes those teams can be a little bit overvalued. I think all six of those teams are kind of in the same tier. So uh, I, I, I'm I'm not buying into the the San Diego State hype. So give me Utah State here uh, minus two and a half. That'll be my best bet for the day. Just three other games in the top 25. Number five, Tennessee is 11 and a half point favorites at Mizzou. You have number 23, Texas Tech, a five and a half point home favorite against TCU. And number 18, St. Mary's laying six and a half at home against San Francisco. Yeah, and and that St. Mary's game, that's another interesting one because San Francisco is very hot right now. They've won six games in a row. Uh, their only two losses in conference play were to Gonzaga at, at Gonzaga, which, you know, everybody, almost everybody loses at Gonzaga. And then at home to St. Mary's, they got absolutely blown out 77 60 at home against St. Mary's. And this was like a big game. And now we, San Francisco's in a spot where if they want to be in the tournament, they've got to win this game. This is kind of an all in game for them. This is their last chance at a, a, a really, great resume building win for them and if they don't win this game like the the idea of them getting an at-large bid is almost out the window that said St. Mary's has won 13 games in a row they're very tough to play at home they just beat Pepperdine by 44 points uh last Thursday at home 
So it, this is a team that's that's playing really good ball right now. But we've also seen them be a little bit vulnerable. Uh, Santa Clara and Loyola Marymount, who are kind of two of the 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 notch below teams, but uh, above the behind San Francisco, Gonzaga, and St. Mary's, we saw those two teams play St. Mary's to within two possessions on St. Mary's home court. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, if I, if I had to play this thing, I think I would back San Francisco. Although it looks like now we've kind of missed the best of the number. This opened up eight and a half most places, um, it, so it, it's not as appealing now. But this is a very like an all in kind of game. Uh, for San Francisco. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Some news in the association as the Brooklyn Nets have made a change firing head coach Jacques Vaughn and naming former UConn headman Kevin Ollie as the replacement there in Brooklyn. The Nets currently are on the outside looking in. They are outside the 10 spot, so right now not in the play-in tournament at 21-33 and 33 on the year, hoping Kevin Ollie can give them a little bit of a spark, much like he did when he took over that UConn team, AJ. Yeah, um, he, he did a, a great job early and then kind of fell off late when, mm-hmm. during his time at UConn. A re- really nice start and not not the not the ending 
that he would have loved. But um, yeah, that was a, a pretty good, pretty good run he had there for a little while until the the, the vacated wind started piling up. <laughs> Elsewhere, uh, the Timberwolves have signed veteran Mike Conley Jr. to a two-year contract extension. They're thirty-seven and thirteen when Conley plays this year. Two and three when he's out. He's been a a calming presence. They refer to him as in that lineup. Yeah, one of the better defensive players in the league. That's a uh, good for them. Good for and good for him. Honestly, that's dude who's been around it for a long time now. Yeah. When you think about it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so now let's. We promised you that we were going to talk some futures uh, as we progress through the week leading up to the restart of the NBA season on Thursday. So I wanted to take a look at the standings right now in the Eastern and Western Conference and the odds to win each conference because I think they're interesting. AJ, we know that the Celtics are the favorite, not just to win the NBA title, but clearly the favorite to win the Eastern Conference. They are six games ahead of the Cavs for the best record in the East. At 43 and 12, it's the best record in the NBA. But the Timberwolves, who are 39 and 16, they have the second best record in the entire NBA. Forget about their odds to win the NBA Finals. That's at plus 2,200. They are the seventh favorite to win the NBA Finals. But to win the Western Conference, they are the fourth favorite at plus 850. The team that has the second best record in the NBA, the team that is in first place in the Western Conference, the team that is 27 and 8 inside the Western Conference, that is the best record in the Western Conference. Nobody else in the Western Conference has even 10 losses like the next fewest losses in conference is 13 they have eight conference losses yet they are plus 850 to win the west it's odd to me because they seem to have everything you want except for the name on the front of their jerseys when you talk about you know who wins nba titles this year you've got to have like at least a one-two punch that's you know a very high level uh duo Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns certainly fit that fit that description, if you ask mm-hmm. me. And then you've got guys like Rudy Gobert, who was at one point considered like a superstar. Now he's just kind of a do it all, like blocks, rebounds, not expected to score anything. You've got guys like Mike Conley, who we talked about, glue guys, defense guys. To me, this team is this team is built very well. They've they've done a good job constructing this team. I think they're being a little disrespected by this line. I, 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 you know, obviously it's hard to envision the Minnesota Timberwolves winning the NBA title because we've never seen it. But it, it, crazier things have happened in, in this league. So Denver Nuggets I, won the NBA I, title last exactly. Year. Nobody was thinking about the Denver Nuggets winning a title. You're right, and um, I, I don't see any reason why this 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 team isn't being respected other than the name on the front of their Jersey. So to me, there is value on that team. Uh, I, I would look at that number at least to win the Western conference. That's that interests me quite a bit. That's what I'm thinking. Plus eight fifty to win the Western conference. And I just look at their conference record. Like I said, they're 27 and eight in conference. And yes, are there other teams with bigger star players that are, you know, more, Uh, getting more action. Yes, of course, the Clippers are the favorite to win the West. The Nuggets are the second favorite. The Suns are the third favorite. And then 
it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. So if they're the number one seed, we already know that they're playing a team that's coming out of the play-in round, right? Now, I don't know. It Could it be the Lakers? Could it be the Warriors? Like, that, it, that's a bad first-round matchup, I agree. But if it's like the Mavericks or the Kings, I think they get by that. And then if they have to face a team like the Clippers or the Nuggets, you know, yeah, that's going to be a great series. And they, Or if they have to face the Thunder, I like the Timberwolves over the Thunder. I like the Timberwolves over the Pelicans. Really, I don't know who I'm afraid of if I'm the Timberwolves in the Western Conference. Well, and this is kind of the thing about the Timberwolves as a team that's built around a 28-year-old and a 22-year-old superstar. They seem like the, like if you said which one of these teams is most likely to be healthy going into the playoffs, I feel like it's Minnesota. Like given the yeah. injury history of, of the guys on the Clippers, the guys on the Suns, uh, the guys on the Nuggets even, like – why would you, why would you feel better about those teams being healthy? I mean, we're not even mentioning teams like the Lakers and and the uh, the Warriors who are down at the bottom right now. But like the health situation, when you factor that in, like Minnesota to me has probably the best chance of the real contenders to get into the playoffs fully healthy, and that's ideal. Like it, it, neither one of those guys has missed significant time this year. Uh, both of them seem like they're still roll. I mean, both of them had. Uh, hell, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, the fourth quarter of the All-Star game looked like he was uh, Wilt Chamberlain. So, <laughs> I, I mean, these guys are clearly healthy right now and clearly playing great ball. I, I, I'm with you, man. I'm glad that you said Minnesota because I think they are wildly underrated right now. Are we not going to discuss the Eastern Conference? Are we just saying, well, Celtics, that's it? Well, I just I'm a little that. interested in the Cavaliers, to be honest. And I know you're interested in the Knicks. What kind of numbers are we getting on those guys? We got the Cavs are plus 900, the Knicks are plus 700. And that's just to to win the East? That's just to win the East. Man, it, I mean, who's playing better ball right now than the Cleveland Cavaliers? Like, going, in, going into the All-Star break, who was playing better ball than they were? I, I don't think there was any. I mean, I know the Warriors had gotten hot, but I, I don't think anybody was playing as well as the Cavs going into the All-Star break. Like, And again, these te the teams that I'm looking at, the teams that I'm thinking, okay – I'm, I'm looking at teams that I feel like have young cores that are going to be able to be healthy. And it, I mean, when Donovan Mitchell's the old guy on your team at 27 and you, you're surrounding him with guys like Darius Garland and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, young guys, why not? Why not those guys? I, I think this is another team that, again, the name on their jersey, if, if, the, if you had this roster – and their jerseys said Celtics, people would be going gaga over these guys. And listen, I understand the Celtics are favored for a reason. Like they, They've got the best roster. They, they, it's, a, it's a great team. But I think if anybody could jump up and buy them, it'd be these Cleveland Cavaliers. who have kind of you know went through a, a rough start to the season and really just turned it on. Uh, so this is a team I'm, I'm very interested in in the second half. The number that just concerns me, which turns me away from betting anybody other than the Celtics, is 26 and three that was boston's yeah. record at home in the first half of the season and that, if they have four out of seven games at home in the playoffs i don't see them losing you know four out of seven games overall yeah no that's tough on tomorrow's show we will talk about the awards market and see who the real value is to win the mvp amongst other awards in the nba 
was a crazy day of hockey yesterday, President's Day, so a lot of afternoon games. Uh, the Bruins finally snapped their home losing streak. They gave up a late goal to the Stars and then tied the game with the extra attacker on with about 90 seconds left and then won the game in a why just like a crazy shootout so no one wanted to win in overtime and then it went multiple 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 rounds in the shootout finally the Bruins win four to three uh elsewhere you want to talk about just disgusting losses the Canucks were up five to two with 30 seconds left in the second period they gave up a goal all right so it's five to three going into the third period Minnesota scored a touchdown in the third period of the game against the Canucks. Yes, they the touchdown and the extra point. Seven oh. goals in the third period as Minnesota defeated Vancouver 10-7. And that brings me to a game that we have on tonight's schedule. Vancouver on the second of a back-to-back is in Colorado. So I looked up some history. I wanted to know... Since I went back to I went back two full seasons. So since the start of the 2021 season, if you allowed if you lost the game and you allowed six or more goals, I didn't even put 10 goals. I just wanted to say six is a lot in a hockey game. AJ six is usually like the total for the game. Yeah. So if you lost a game allowing at least six goals. And you were on the road. And now you are playing the second of a back-to-back also on the road. So let me just clarify that. It's just what Vancouver did. Vancouver played yesterday in uh, Minnesota, and they gave up more than six goals. Then they have to travel. They had to travel to Colorado, and they play tonight on the road with no rest. Those teams that gave up the six goals and lost the night before, are 16 and 29 in the following game. That's not good. So you might think, wow, you know what? Vancouver's definitely going to bounce back, right? The coach probably laid into them. They're going to have their starter in net actually tonight. Thatcher Demko didn't play yesterday, which is why they gave up 10 goals. So Demko is going to play in this game tonight, which makes you feel better about the, the Canucks. But, 16 and 29 that doesn't make me feel good no. kind of makes me think that you know what when the team is you know gives up a, a lot of goals they maybe show signs of quitting and then the, just the next night the effort's just not there the effort's just not there so uh i i guess i'm gonna go against my my gut said man vancouver demko and net bounced back spot let me take the canucks at a plus 125 price i think colorado now minus 145 is the play tonight given the history here again since the start of the 2021 season when you lose and you give up six or more goals on the road and then you play the next night on the road again you are 16 and 29 straight up Wow. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, that would be the play for me is going with uh, Colorado 
in that game tonight. Uh, there's a couple other teams that are playing on the second of a back-to-back, but again, you know, they played in, in the afternoon yesterday, so it's not like night and then night. Uh, speaking of night, the Golden Knights, one of those teams, a 4 nothing win in San Jose yesterday, and VGK back home tonight to host the Predators and the Knights minus 145 favorites. The Wilds, who did score those 10 goals in their last game will be in Winnipeg tonight and Winnipeg is minus 160. So now I want to go the opposite way, just like I did with Vancouver, right? If they, if the team, uh, you know, scored more than six goals, let's say, and they won. And then they're now on the second of a back-to-back with no rest. Well, this is very interesting since that same time period, since 2021, 23 and 38 in the follow-up games which means like they kind of rest on their laurels a bit right hey yeah we just scored a boat ton of goals the night before now we take it easy tonight or whatever um so it's like the team that loses they stay losers the team that wins doesn't exactly have that intensity the next night on the road and they are 23 and 38 since the start of the 2021 season. So Winnipeg tonight, minus 160. The Rangers, Islanders, Devils, uh, they're all back in action after playing outdoor games this weekend at MetLife Stadium. The Rangers will be hosting the Stars, who lost in that shootout yesterday to the Bruins. The Rangers, minus 145 favorites. The Islanders are at the Penguins, Pittsburgh, a minus 140 favorite. Devils are at the Capitals, New Jersey, minus 165. Elsewhere on the schedule, Senators are at the Panthers, Florida, minus 235 favorites. And the Blue Jackets visit the Kings, LA, minus 250. A reminder, you can still save money at pregame.com by taking advantage of our 20% off coupon, CAGE20. CAGE20 gets you 20% off at pregame.com no matter your purchase take 20 percent off using the promo code cage 20 for aj hoffman i'm scott seidenberg we are straight out of vegas AM.